Hello, hello. Hello. I am Melanie Reef. And I'm Jessica Benoist Young. And this is Best Line. Worst Line. Did we get it? We got it. <laughs> Did we do it? Oh my gosh. Nice. <laughs> Where we watch movies, TV, speeches and skits and more and decide and discuss our best and worst lines from each. This was, I have to say, this was a really hard week to choose a best line. was. And a worst line. Um, I really, yeah, really enjoyed both of these movies. And it's fun. So this week we looked at two legal movies, one of which is one of Jessica's favorite movies, and one of which is one of my favorite movies. So we looked at My Cousin Finney and Legally Blonde. And for both of them, I hadn't seen My Cousin Finney, and Jessica had only seen Legally Blonde, what, once, Jess? One time, like, literally within a few months of it coming out on video. And so, I, 21 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, like, I was watching Legally Blonde, and we'll get to this when we talk about Legally Blonde more, and I could still say every line of the movie. Like, still had it down <laughs> pat. But for my cousin Vinny, because I hadn't seen it before, like, I was watching it, I just, like, was enjoying watching the movie, and I was like, oh, crud, I have to choose the best line and the worst line. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fun because I think both these movies, what was inadvertently happened with both of these movies is like they're both fish out of water lawyer movies. Absolutely. They have very similar premises in a lot of ways. The lawyer that you don't think should solve the case and everybody doesn't think is going to solve the case solves the case because of bad evidence. And I mean, they do it in different ways and there's different setups, but like a lot of the premise is the same. And I didn't realize that well, as I was watching My Cousin Finney, I was like, oh, this is really similar to Legally Blonde in a lot of ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've seen My Cousin Vinny like a couple dozen times, um, obviously, because it's one of my favorites. And so, and I had, I remembered how Legally Blonde ended. Like, that was the part of the movie that stuck out in my head. I didn't remember the details of it. I just remembered the perm thing with Linda Cardinelli. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like... I kind of knew, like, oh, they both have these, like, gotcha-type moments with the witness, like, with a witness on the stand, where it clicks for both of them that something's off about, like, the evidence. Yes. Uh, So I knew that there were similarities in that way. And then as I was watching, I watched Legally Blonde first this time, and I was like, oh, this movie is really kind of similar to My Cousin Vinny, not not entirely though yeah uh, but definitely like big fish out of water energy in both of them for sure underestimated um because yeah. of who they are so like similar thematic things but like very different setups i mean very different yeah. movies but like similar fish out of water as you said like the can i just say how much i linda cardellini i think is just so good in that i love that it's just such a it's such a everyone is good in that movie and like i texted you too and i was like oh my god there are so many people in this movie like i forgot how many people were in legally blonde because i've only seen it once i didn't like keep it in my brain who was in it but like i'm just watching the names yeah go in the opening credits and i was like holy crap this movie is like stacked exactly and like for me and my cousin Vinny, i mean it's so funny how many of those people like don't really act anymore i mean like i I knew i knew 
Marissa Tomei. Like, obviously, I knew that Marissa yeah. Tomei was yeah, in yeah, it because yeah. I knew that was her Oscar movie. But, like, I think because... And, like, this is just, like, my misconception. Like, I really had no conception of what My Cousin Vinny was until mm-hmm, I started mm-hmm. watching the movie. Because because I think, like, Oscar movie... And, like, I knew right, that she won right. an Oscar. I knew that it was controversial. But I'm like, oh, she won an Oscar. It has to be dramatic. And, like... Nope. <laughs> no, it's not at all. And, I mean... God, I, I mean, I love that. But, like, that obviously, like, I mean, there was so much controversy with Marissa Tomei and winning the Oscar for that. And, like... Which makes zero no, sense to me. fantastic. And that's all a lot that I knew going into it, too. Like I said, I think we talked about this, like, episode two. Yeah, because we were talking about Clue. Yeah. Two, I discovered this movie when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college. I was in a Martin Scorsese phase and so then I was just going and watching like all of his big actors movies so I saw this at a rental store and I had I knew like we're we're big like movie trivia people in my family so I knew and I'd heard like jokes about Marissa Tomei winning the Oscar for this movie and so I expected it to be like not a good performance from her or like not have enough meat to the character for it to have been something that she won for and I was like from the very first time I watched this movie I was like no she she deserved it absolutely 100% earned that Oscar like for sure well and like no they, question I was reading about it like in the studio almost cut the character like and then, so the writer decided, what? yeah, well, like, this was, like, in early stages of the script, they're like, eh, I don't really like this character, like, it feels like, and so then, like, oh, my God, then the, stu- totally then, the then, like, the writer was like, movie. no, let's make it bigger, like, let's make this character yes. bigger, like, the character was like, the writer was like, no, the, the, this hinges on this character, and, like, yeah. she needs to be smart, she needs to be, like, and I think the studio was like, well, it, like, kind of undermines Vinny if like she's the one who does all this and she was like she, they're like no they're kind of like a a double act you know in a way right and it's and this is something that I think about sometimes when I watch this movie sometimes I just watch it and I just like enjoy all just all the humor and I just enjoy it but this time and I know I've thought about it once or twice a few other times when I've watched it but like he figures it out before she does he just has yeah. to get her to say it because he's... But he looks at the picture, like, he knows maybe not as much about cars as she does, but he he's the one who looks at the picture and is like, oh, not the same car. He just has to get her up there as right. a because if he said it, to say it. Yeah, exactly, because if he said yeah. it, and he needed her to be pissed, because it needed to be more yeah. credible that, like, they didn't mm-hmm. work on this together. Like, right. there's so many... It's, it's it's a double act, and it hinges on the fact that they are working together. But, like, her character is not, like, the bimbo Mm-mm. at all. Like, she is smart the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, he also, like, dismisses her so much about, like, how she can help. Right. And, like, that adds to the, like, like he is trying to do it all on his own, and she's like, no, yeah. let me help you. And so that adds to the power of, like, when he's like, no, I kind of need her. kind of need her. Then she's yeah. also, like... The one who's like, I mean, he's so with blinders on in so many ways in this. And she's like, no, dude, pull your head out of your butt because these kids are going to get fried if you don't. Right, right, right. Wow. I can't even imagine this movie without without that character or with less of that character because like it it's you're right. Like the whole they turn the thing of like him needing help into like the entire theme of the movie to the point where 
like one of my favorite lines is right at the end where she's like, oh, what if you go on to win every single case for the rest of your life, but you always need help from someone and you have to say thank you. Like, and I love that because it's like, that's life. Like you're never going to get through anything in life without help, without a support system. Right. Exactly. It's well, and he even talks about it earlier on. Like the only reason he's in this career is because of that judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think because I thought it was like a Scorsese type drama. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I don't think my parents would have like really watched this because like that's not really their movie. And I mentioned to my dad, I was like, have you seen my cousin Vinny? And he's like, of course I've seen my cousin Vinny. Yeah. And like <laughs> my dad's a lawyer. Of course he's seen my cousin Vinny. Right. He's like, I love my cousin Exactly. Like, of course he has. Um, but it was just... Like, I just so thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I texted you. I was like, I didn't write down. Like, I had to go back through the script after mm-hmm. I watched it because I was like, I didn't write down anything. I was like, I, I didn't. Hate. And I told you, I was like, I'm, I was like, oh, there's so much good stuff in there. And I really thought I was going to write down more. And nope, I was just kind of watching it. I was just like, God, this movie is so good. It's, <laughs> Even after I've seen it well, and like know, 25 times. What's really interesting too, and I think I mentioned this to you as we were talking about it, is like the the law of it is good and this is like and this is a very this is a departure from legally blonde where i the law is not so great (laughs) but like the the legal like the legal research that they did for my cousin Vinny, like this is shown in law schools like as i did not know that mm -hmm, as like people consider it like one of the most accurate representations of like a courtroom legal drama and like Mm -hmm. to the point that like justice scalia was like it's his favorite legal movie yeah so like wow it's incredibly well researched um one of the things i want to check out is so the car talk at the end where the case hinges on the like two the Mm -hmm. Pontiac Pontiac Skylark uh, Buick Skylark and the Pontiac Skylark and the Pontiac Tempest Tempest it's so funny because like so I work in a car company kind of in a car company now which is like a sentence I never thought I'd say like (laughs) we do a lot of like writing for articles uh, and do a lot of research about cars and so like Mm -hmm. as a part of that I've learned so much about car mechanics and car maintenance and like car parts Mm. and all these like so I actually like understood the monologue you at did and yes all of the all of the car talk in this movie i was like oh i know what the carburetor is like i know all of the things that they were talking about like the suspensions <laughs> and how the wheels are different like i was like oh yeah i know what that means it which like floored me because a year I ago i only when I said know that, those things because of this movie like <laughs> like what i know about um cars pretty much comes from Marissa Tomei in My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> so I texted a friend of mine who is like a big car enthusiast and has like helped me understand things for my job, which like shout out. But I texted her immediately and I was like, have you seen My Cousin Vinny? And she was like, no. I was like, you need to watch My Cousin Vinny. Watch it. Because like it, like the whole thing hinges on car knowledge and I actually understood yeah. it because of my job. And like I was talking to some mm-hmm. coworkers and I was like, you guys, I got this. I got this. <laughs> um, but I really want to like actually, I think like my guess because this movie is so well researched, my guess is that they like that it's right. This like because yeah. the law, everything is right. But I really want to like go back and see if like what they're talking about about the suspension and like the models and like the wheels, like is yeah. that is that accurate? Yeah. Like did that would that actually have been true for those two cars? Because like I think at my guess because they've because of how much 
thought they did into this movie. Like, I think it is. But, like... It's a very detailed movie. There's a lot. Very. There's a lot in it. Very detailed. A lot going on. So, I just... I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and I love all the... Like, like they do such a great job. Like, I think movies... I think some movies, the inclination is to shy away from, like, terminology and jargon and, like, weighing people down with details like this. But it's interesting. Like I said, like, I know stuff. I know these little things about law process and cars and the South that, like, I would not know if it weren't for this movie, like, really putting a detailed, accurate representation out there. I... You know, I do not, I did not know what pause attraction, excuse me, pause attraction Thank you. was until I saw this movie. Right. I didn't know there were different types of axles. Like, why, why would I know that? And then, you know, like, the, they put, like, the actual vocabulary and the terminology of, like, the, you know, like, voir dire and that kind of stuff. Like, I took a law class uh, my senior year of high school, and there were still terms that we did not cover in that class that showed up in my cousin Vinny. And I was like, so I was in this class where we did a mock trial <laughs> and we, if, and like for what, a whole semester, so five months, and still didn't hear things that show up in an hour, a two hour movie. Right. Like, they pack a lot in there, they, and I think it makes it really, like, more interesting, more engaging, and people just don't do that all the time in movies, and I wish they would, because I like to feel like I'm learning things. I guess maybe some people don't find that entertaining, but if I feel like I learned something... In an entertaining way. Like, I didn't feel like I was... In the real world. I didn't feel like I was learning you know? things in, like, a, I'm in school. Like, I mean, like, if... Right. Like, going back to, like, House of Gucci. Had House of Gucci put, like, some of the fashion stuff in there or some of, like, the, mm-hmm. like, some of the business business dealings and things where it doesn't wasn't just, like, assumed that you knew it. Yes. Like, I would have enjoyed the movie more because I would have felt, like, mm-hmm. more invested because I would have felt like I knew things. Whereas, like, this, it's, like, Absolutely. I mean, like, I've been on a jury. I've been selected for a jury. I've sat on a jury. Like, that whole process, I was like, yeah, no, that's the voir dire and, like, how they show that. I was like, that's exactly how they would do it. I mean, I think there's Mm -hmm. obviously some theatrics of it and, you know, points being made because of the case. But, like, the how they how they did the arraignment and the cross-examination like all of it was so well researched Mm -hmm. down to the like how do you make grits now i will say like right i did (laughs) i did know how to make grits before i watched this movie like i've never made grits oh my gosh i never half my family's from texas the other half's from new york i'm from texas so we don't eat grits (laughs) <laughs> that's true you are from texas i forgot that but like the other half from new york so also the chinese food line like really hit home right like really really good line oh and marissa tomey's clothes in this movie i know oh her clothes are so good like that look when she initially gets there and the, then the jumpsuit and the biological the jumpsuit yes there's a couple there are a couple jumpsuits <sighs> and i was like i Need to start wearing jumpsuits. I do, like, pretty much <laughs> exclusively wear jumpsuits. Um, but, oh, so going back to the grits, though, and, like, this, like, relates to Legally Blonde. I think this is when I, like, started to make the click about Legally Blonde and My Cousin Vinny because, like, the grits, he, like, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Like, the timing of the grits, like, right, the witness right. wouldn't have been able to see the car because he would 
like grits take longer to cook and like that's Mm-hmm. Show that kind of theory shows up again in Legally Blonde, and like also like Ralph Macchio, just like what a kid, what a kid in the. I know it's it's just so good. I I really really enjoyed it. I, I just I just enjoyed it. I could talk about how much I really like this. It's for a long great. Time. It's a great movie. So now let's talk about what we thought was the uh, weakest part of this movie. That we're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this great, great movie that we had to poke a hole in. We had to poke one tiny hole in it. I will say, we, neither of us have said our best line yet. But I know, we should, but we should work we're going to do that. worst line okay. first. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I guess. <laughs> okay, so what's yours? So there's this whole thing. There's like kind of a running thing in this movie. And like, I've, like we've said, this movie is packed. Yes. Packed, packed, packed with details and terminology and process and and humor like all these different running jokes like we have this running joke of they can't find anywhere to go to sleep where people aren't like very loudly getting up at four in the morning there's the the steam whistle at the lumber mill sawmill and then there's a train that comes through at four ten in the morning that passes the hotel and then like there's a screech owl when they're staying at the prosecutor's cabin. Like there's, there are like four different, four or five different things that make it so that he cannot sleep in past like four thirty in the morning. And I didn't realize how that they had changed locations in the first few. Yeah, months. like it took me a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, there's like a pig. It's like a pig sty the next pig to slaughter. the old oh, bed and breakfast yeah. downtown. And so they like let all the pigs out of the barn and the pig and feed them their slop. And the pigs are just like shrieking and squealing and stuff. And mm-hmm. So, so we have a lot of this. We just have, there's enough in this movie that there is a plot line that I think is a little extra and maybe a little bit too much and like a little unnecessary. And there's this scene where, so they have this thing going on from the very beginning, from the very beginning that, that um, the boys get taken to the prison in Alabama. Yes. That there's a guy on death row. Yep. And he's set to be executed like that week or the next week or whatever. And they just get closer and closer to it while they're in their trial. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in there and they're talking about why they should go with Vinny as their attorney. And the lights like flicker and the, and go dark and everything. And you hear the electricity humming. And then the, fr- I can't think Stan. of his name now, the friend, Stan, says, well, there goes the quintessential Norton. Norton is the guy who's on death row and has just been executed. And honestly, it feels like that was the only place where we were just like kind of adding, just adding another little story thread that didn't need to be there. We can create the stakes of, hey, people who get convicted of murder in this state will be put in the chair. Like we can say that pretty quickly once or twice and not have to have this story going on in the background. And like Marissa Tomei had a line about it that just seemed out of place like she brought it up to to Vinny as they were getting as she was bailing Vinny out of the jail the first time because he gets held in contempt of court like four times yes. <laughs> so like she brings it up to him and all this stuff and it's just like it just seems extra it seemed very forced every time it was brought up and nothing else in this movie does I get that they were trying to like put a very real tangible threat to 
the predicament that the boys were in, but it gets talked about in so many other ways outside of the scope of this Norton execution that I just didn't think it was necessary. And I thought that it was like that line specifically, I thought was really trying to be clever and it came off like bland and insensitive. <laughs> I'm like, I is like that was as soon as he said it, I was like, are we supposed we're not supposed to like laugh, but it's trying to be kind of it's, like a clever thing, you know, and nobody would say that. Right. It, like it, he just wouldn't say that. No, I, that for all of the reasons you just mentioned, that was my worst line <laughs> yes. too. Yeah. It was just like, no, in real life, if you were in that situation, you would just cry probably (laughs) you would just be like oh shit i mean like this honestly like the line the storyline didn't bother me like the storyline itself Mm -hmm. of the there's somebody else awaiting it did feel like it wasn't necessary but it didn't bother me it did raise the stakes to me they're talking about Mm -hmm. i mean you know i the marissa tomei line didn't bother me because it was like there was like a protest i think like as they're yeah, leaving. there are protesters so like, outside so of like, the it, it prison does the whole time. The stakes, and I do appreciate that. And then there was one point where like one of the guards was talking about how like their electricity or their like facilities weren't meant like weren't strong enough to like actually electrocute somebody. So like right, when they did it, right, like, that's and that's true. when they had that's what they had like that's when they knew it was like all the lights flickered and everything, and that's yeah, when yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, he's dead. And that just like there goes the quintessential Norton line because it was it was supposed to be a parallel like right before it's like the yeah it was quintessential like Vincent Gamby he was talking about Ralph Macchio's character they were there was a birthday yeah yeah Ralph Macchio's character Billy what who is Vinny's cousin was talking about a birthday party from for someone in the family and they had hired a magician yeah and that Vinny spent the whole time the magician was performing telling everyone how the magician was doing the tricks mm-hmm. and and he says that's it was just quintessential vincent gambini yeah and then Vinny gambini and then the lights and then flicker the lights and it's like go. there goes the quintessential norton and i agree it's just like a it was a throwaway line we didn't need it yeah it was like we could have just had the lights flicker and then been like mm-hmm. shit um but or or say something about like, well, I hope that the quintessential Vinny Gambini is good enough, right? Exactly, or something like that. But like, it's because it seems because we also didn't know like, and like we didn't know, know anything about Norton as quintessential. Like we didn't like just right. Like, we don't right. know like, and so it just seemed unnecessary. I will say, I had another set. It was very hard to choose a worse line. I texted you. I was like, I <laughs> got nothing. I mean, yeah. that was the one that stuck out to me. Going back to kind of our discussion last week about, you know, of the times and how times have changed and am I choosing a worse line because it's just like not PC anymore or because like it just wasn't necessary then, the stutter bothered me. Like that. Yeah. That bothered me. And it's it's just because I think it added insult to injury as he wasn't a good lawyer. Like if he had a stutter and like was a good lawyer, like fine. But also like I was reading as reading about the movie, like the actor didn't feel good about that like he used to have a stutter and like he like re- like that really mm. haunted him for like the rest of his career and like mm. that you know that just like that wasn't a necessary character choice we we could have had him right. get nervous in like different ways um 
I think, I mean, you know, it is of its time. It was, but like at the time, the actor didn't like that. So it's like, that's just a choice that didn't need to be made. Does it take away from like how great this movie is as a whole? No, I don't think so. But like, it's just a choice that didn't need to be made. And I'm trying not to like look at all the movies that are older with that same lens, because like, I also understand like things like we'll get to this in Legally Blonde, but, but it's also just like, that wasn't a choice that needed to be made then. Right. And, and I don't think that they like, I've, I, it's rubbed me the wrong way for, for several viewings recently, but I don't think they make fun. They don't make fun of it. I mean, like nobody makes any jokes at the expense. It's just kind of like, yeah, I think if he was just a bad lawyer and it wasn't like, because a stutter is like a, it's a like thing that people like overcome and it's not just like a nerves thing. It's like a, it's a real thing. And yeah, yeah. So I think I just, I was like, this is just not necessary. Um, and then to read that the like actor was like not okay with it, but like did it anyway, which is like, mm, I don't love that. Yeah. And he just wasn't a good lawyer. Like just, and then, I mean, that of course leads to the like Stan going like, I want that guy. Like you're fired. Mm-hmm. I want that guy. Yeah. Oh, because that was the grits moment. Wasn't that? That was the, he was cross examining the grits. I think it was the grits was the, grits. the first one where he was like. Yeah. Which, like, okay, going... Where he really catches... Pivoting to, like, lines we liked for a sec. Like, going to that Grits moment. Like, I wrote this down because I am a Grits fan. No Mm self-respecting Southerner uses instant Grits. I take pride in my Grits. Like, man. Yes. Yep. Yes. Or I just love that whole... That entire cross-examination is amazing. He's like, is there some magical vortex in your stove Um, that makes your grits cook faster than anywhere else in the world? Okay, so this is, like, a particular thing that I wrote down because it's you and me doing this podcast. But, like, when he was Mm -hmm. like, Jack, did you get the same... The grits from the guy who sells... um, yeah and the bean to jack and the bean and whenever whenever i talk about to my mom about doing this podcast she just talks about how like jack and the giant when we were children when i was like eight playing a cow and (laughs) and she was like she's like you and jess are so close then and i'm like like she brings it up all the time she brings up jack and the giant in reference to the two of us, like all the time. So the oh fact that like gosh. Jack and the Beanstalk made a made an appearance there, I was just like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That I thought of that too when he said that. I was like, oh, I loved that show. I, that was a great show. That was a great. Uh, that was one of my favorites. That was like one of my favorite ATA shows. Yeah, it was just like so. We did the show Jack and the Giant, which is like a take on Jack and the Beanstalk. Obviously, I played the cow that got sold to the bean seller, um, and I was a cow that stood upright and did had my face painted, <laughs> yes. but my hands were not. Um, you know, and it was just. <laughs> did my mom do your makeup? Oh, I'm sure your mom did my makeup. Your mom Probably. did. I got to know your mom very well over countless yes. shows of her doing my makeup for most things. <laughs> Um, I'm sure your mom did my makeup. And I was, I was a character that I'm sure nobody who's heard that story is familiar with. The Giants Cockney housekeeper. Well, I don't know if she was supposed to be Cockney. But your accent was terrific. I made her Cockney, so (laughs) that's what she was. Your accent does stick out to me. I think that was the show. song. We had a whole song about how we couldn't feed him fast enough. (laughs) And that was the show, too, where our director would, like, add random... Like, he would change the scripts all over the place because he just would. That was the show, too, that he added the Jerry Springer joke, right? Like, the... I could... 
Yep, and I broke every single oh, time. Wait, because it was you and like, Laura. Guys, like, if your I, boy. Oh my gosh. This is one of the. This is one of the reasons I don't really do a lot of performances because I would be I'm Jimmy Fallon like I break and I think it's fun to break character like I think that's even more funny than what's supposed to actually be going on I break so easily I could not keep a straight face so I like this character we're going way off (laughs) we can cut this maybe no i think we'll see we get i think we should keep it i think we should keep it okay so listen so in the in the what 40 minutes or less that jack is up in the giant's castle i apparently become very bonded to that child and think he's my child and so then when we go back down or do the rest of the people come up the beanstalk or do we go down i think i think they come come up up. i think they come up so everyone from the village comes up jack and the giant like let us know shoot us an email yes ata people uh tell us and we'll we'll correct it on the next episode (laughs) but so i think they come up and his his mom comes up first Mm -hmm. and is like jack my boy and and I say something about how he's my boy, and she's like, you're a boy. And then all the Everybody other actors chants, go, Jerry, 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 Jerry. And I laughed every time. We did like... Such a stupid joke, Paul. Probably, we probably did like 14 shows. Probably. 15, uh, somewhere around there. So we did a lot. Did I get reunited with Jack? We, we, used to do, we used to do six a week, and we yeah. did them for like three weeks. So like 18 shows. Wow, we probably And I, did I think I kept... Because we did um, double Tuesday, double Thursday, double Saturday, right? Um, or did I we think just do one, one on Saturday. Saturday? Still, that's okay, like so five a week shows. for three weeks, fifteen shows. Wow. And I think I kept a straight face twice, and those probably were just like because I was tired. Right. Um, <laughs> probably like the second Thursday show. Um, did I exactly. get reunited yep. with Jack? Did, I think you did. I think yeah, you did. I think you I think did. did. I think Jesse. I think the bean seller like took pity on the boy. Felt bad and. Oh my god, the Calypso Magic Bean song. Oh god. Um, gosh, what a what a good time. Shout out to HEA. Mm-hmm. That was also one of my favorite shows because I didn't have to do anything for the first like 25 minutes. I was I mean, being I, a character who shows up in the second act is a fantastic I thing. was it's a character great. that showed up in the first act. Um, but there you go. I, I, I was so young though too. Like there were times like I remember like I, there was one time that I missed a moo. Like, my whole my whole script was moo. Like, my whole <laughs> lines were moo. And, like, there was one, like, I don't know. There was one um, rehearsal where I just remember Paul being like, there's a moo. And I just, like, felt so bad because I missed it. And I was, like, no. eight. Um, but, like, <laughs> my whole script is moo. What do you want from me? Anyway, enough about Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Going back to how the, the grits, the grits and the magic grits. Yeah, no, I loved... I loved all of his cross-examinations. The one I also wrote down. Yes. What are these really big things right in the middle of your view from the window and kitchen and the yes, sides? What would see. you call these things? Trees. Um, like trees. It's so, like the cross-examination <laughs> is so smart, and he's just—I mean, he's—he's he's an ass, but he's using that to his advantage yeah. in a way that is like really good. He's so sassy. So sassy. sassy. But so is she. Like she's super sassy <laughs> yes. too, which is great. I I, I did appreciate. If- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, anybody listening, if you didn't watch My Cousin Vinny before this, if you haven't seen the movie, I know we've just ruined, like, half of it it for you, but 
but I don't think we ruined it. Like, no, just just go watch it. You just it's have so, to watch it. I just did watch appreciate it. that, like, when he's cross-examining the older woman, he's incredibly respectful he's to fair. her. Like, he's yes. he's so nice. Like, I was like, like he had like I knew he was going to be because like that's the character. Like, he is a good mm-hmm. character. He's a good person, yeah. and so the fact that like he was he was respectful to her was just great. So this movie yeah. does have a couple of famous line the the Utes, the Utes, Utes, yeah. Apparently that what, like people, what is that word? What word are you saying? To, oh, excuse me, youths. Apparently that gets quoted a ton, and biological clock obviously is, like is this, like where the she, scene. Yes. Well, I hate to bring it up because I know you got enough pressure on you already, but we agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. Meanwhile, 10 years later, my niece, the daughter of my sister, is getting married. My biological clock is ticking like this, and the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. And the deer, the deer thing, too. I, I, <laughs> I love that. Okay, so this like, wasn't, bam. this was very close. Now I ax you. This was very close you, to my best line. Say? I got a... But oh, I love it. Imagine you're a deer. You're prancing along. You get thirsty. You spot a little brook. You put your little deer lips down to the cool, clear water. Bam! A fucking bullet rips off part of your head. Your brains are laying on the ground in little bloody pieces. Now I ask you. Kind of pants, the son of a bitch shot he was wearing. That's it. Yeah, it's just such a a great turn. Like, would you give a fuck what kind of pants? What kind of pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? (laughs) See, you see the accent. So good. I love that whole part and their whole, their like, their fake like uh, foreplay argument Mm -hmm. in the motel about the faucet. Yeah, so good. She's like, it's. Dead on balls accurate. Dead on balls accurate. He's like, dead on balls accurate? Yeah, it's an industry term. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I loved, loved so all of good. that. So good. Yeah, there is not, like, yeah, even just choosing my worst line was hard. There, It is, there is, like, just nothing in this movie that doesn't deserve a place, really, yeah, it's tight. to be honest. like. <laughs> so what was your best line? So my best line is kind of long, um, but there's a scene. So we've we've talked about how um, Stan brings in. Stan doesn't want Vinny. Vinny's been held in contempt of court like two times, uh, once in the arraignment and once on the first day of the hearing. And so he's talking to the public defender, and then Billy is talking to Vinny saying, he thinks he's going to go with the public defender, too. Did you choose the same one? I think so. <laughs> this is why I had to look it up, because it's long. So he's talking about, and maybe I'll just drop the audio in, because it is, like, a long thing. And I always said I wasn't going to do a monologue. This is kind of a monologue, but I like the part. Okay. But it's not. So he's got a card, and he's, like, showing the card. Oh, He's going to show you the bricks. He'll show you they got straight sides. He'll show you how they got the right shape. He'll show them to you in a very special way so that they appear to have everything a brick should have. But there's one thing he's not going to show you. When you look at the bricks at the right angle, they're as thin as this playing card. His whole case 
is an illusion, a magic trick. It has to be an illusion, because you're innocent. Nobody, I mean nobody, pulls the wool over the eyes of a Gambini. It was great. It was so... And it... It was good. Yeah, I, okay, so I chose the same line, which I think this is the first <laughs> line. I think this is the first time. We've done the same best line before. I think this best. is the first time that we've both chosen the same best and same worst best line. Same same worst. Um, so we win. Um, if you're yeah. playing along, if you're playing along at home, I think we won. Um, but I chose it because it, like, we've talked about, like, what's the line that, like, sets up the movie? Or, yes. Like, I mean... There are so many good lines and things, and it doesn't have to be just, like, the best line doesn't just have to set up the movie or encapsulate the movie, but this is really, like, what encapsulates Vinny's character, why he's doing it, and, like, mm-hmm. what the case, what the movie's about. Like, it is a magic trick, because yeah. there yeah. is nothing there. And, like, they talk so much about, because that running theme we talked about earlier, how, like, Billy says, like, oh, at this one party, he, like, called the trick the whole time. And so that right, comes right, back. Right. And that he, like, all of these things, it is a map. Like, he is just calling the bluff. And that is, like, that line basically tells you exactly what he sees the prosecution doing and how he's going to mm-hmm. call their bluff. Because it's a house of cards. Right. And one of the things that always strikes me about this movie, too, is, like, how it sets him up as such a juxtaposition to the like pompous tradition and theatrics of this entire you know system yes the justice system is so theatrical it's so proceduralized and a lot of a lot of these things like don't really serve a purpose like the whole anymore. like just tell like, me guilty or not does. guilty like how do your claim right. like, that whole exchange it was all procedural that like or like what he's wearing right. like he looks fine and they're in a tiny little town like does the man really like and i get that's like there are probably lawyers listening maybe i don't know and you know i get it like that there is a respect for the tradition and the profession and things like that. But like at the same time, it's just that in, in a lot of cases, it's just this traditional thing. And, and the theatrics of it, like the opening, you know, uh, opening statements, it's just, that's all theatrics. That's all theatrical. And like, I don't know. And to me, it, this movie kind of is like saying that, like, yeah, you can do this you can do this without that yeah like you can come and try a good case and get innocent people in it you know cases against innocent people thrown out without wearing a fancy suit and without even giving an opening statement because Vinny doesn't give the opening statement <laughs> he's like everything that so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's what he says well the because the public defender gets up and does Give the opening statement with his stuttering. And then, yeah, and then Vinny says everything that that guy just said is bullshit. Yeah. About the (laughs) the prosecutor's side, yeah. Yeah, about the prosecutor's opening statement. So I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm being very uh, eloquent. I was much more eloquent when I, like, laid this out for my husband (laughs) after we watched this movie, um, which doesn't make any sense because it was, like, 11 o'clock at night. Well, I mean, it is, I guess it's But yeah, like, you. yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's like, I liked that thematic of it too. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I do think, you know, it, it, it's a line that also shows that like, yeah, 
okay, in 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 instances where you are the defender, the defending the defense attorney, and you know that your clients are innocent, like everything that is being said by the prosecution is just a show. It's just a show, right? And your whole job is to convince people that the show is not a show. I mean, you know. Even though that show is, like, so dialed in to do exactly, like, you know. If we want to talk parallels to another show. Like, I mean, this is getting way off topic, but, like, that's Chicago, too. Except, I mean, he's trying to prove that two guilty people are not guilty. (laughs) So that's a show in a different way. But, um, so the other, I'm going to, like, wrapping my up by cousin Vinny because we should probably get to leave on but two other honorable mentions for me and these were like more moments I just loved the misunderstanding about the tuna slash murder where they're like talking about yes. like he's talking like, I wrote they're that talking they're talking past each other and then they do it they do the talking past each other again when Vinny comes to see them where Stan is like oh this guy's like I- I'm gonna have to like yeah Stan is worried that he's having a prison boyfriend yeah. situation. Yeah, and Vinny's like, and and and, and the, the dialogue is so good that they just like talk past each other. Like it's so, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Like the, <laughs> I didn't know what an honor I didn't it was just to come get here a, to get jerked off. Yeah, I think you should be on your fucking knees. I didn't know what an honor it was <laughs> yeah. to get a visit from you. I, you're getting yeah. me for free, pal. I'm doing you a favor. You want a hell of an ego you got? Like they're just talking past each other. Like anytime, anytime anybody talks past each other like that, that's the cow and the daughter situation from Fiddler on the Roof. Like it's just so yeah. like. I just think it was so well done. If you can maintain it for a long time, and they do, it's in, tricky. And they it's do very in both clever. these situations it, with the tuna yes. can and the murder. Like I shot him. I I shot him. I shot the clerk. <laughs> and he's so, like, "Get in here. We got a confession." And he's like, you know, kind of questioning. There's a question mark on there, but it's not being delivered mm-hmm. in a question mark. Ralph Macchio does that very well, and he's like, "I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, I shot the clerk. And the guy and the sheriff's like, yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> and so anyway. And I'm going to make you sign this paper. Say what you <laughs> like, did. So thank you for making me watch this movie. I'm going to say you redeemed oh, yourself. Oh, you're welcome. You, you redeemed yourself yes. from House of Gucci. So congratulations. Shall we move Yay. on to the movie that I made you watch? Yes. And I'm very glad that I rewatched this movie. I was laughing out loud. This was such a delight. And I just want to say before I, we're going to get into some some discussion on this script, it sounds like. Um, and so what I guess I wasn't really fully expecting, and where I think that this script is maybe a little bit ahead of its time, or this movie, I should say, where it subverts a lot of the tropes that were popular in this time period, she's really nice. And I was not expecting that. She is so nice. She is so like generous and kind and thoughtful. And Elle, we just we're didn't about here. see we yes, Elle, Elle the Reese Witherspoon <laughs> character. Um, you just didn't see that. Like you have these these nineties and early two thousands Valley Girl type tropes. And it's not that they weren't good people, it's just that they weren't so noticeably and outwardly thoughtful. Like, from the minute she gets to Boston, Elle's best friend is the middle-aged nail salon lady. Like, <laughs> you know, a, Who is a like, 22-year-old 
girl, basically, a 22-year-old law student is not going to be best friends with, um, you know, a middle-aged woman in a service job in the real world. Who like, wears, like, that much eye, you know, eyeshadow. Yeah. And her hair looks yeah. like that. But it's just, it, you know, it just goes to show that, like, a lot of what we're led to believe that she cares about by how she looks how she was raised and where presents she was raised. herself, yeah, is not actually what she hears about at all, you know. And and I like that. That was very refreshing. I was really like shocked by that and very appreciative of it that I didn't have to watch a movie about somebody who actually was just obsessed with pink clothing and was okay like stepping on whoever she had to to get what she wanted. No, at no point was she like cutthroat or ruthless or rude even like she couldn't even bring herself to be like more than just a tiny bit sassy to like people who she was actively saying were ruining her life (laughs) i mean you know she like and 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 it was only when it was deserved too like right you know her line when she shows up in the bun like the iconic bunny scene um where Mm -hmm. she shows up in the bunny costume and it's one of the funny things about that is so like this movie came out like six months after bridget jones or like Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And Bridget Jones has a scene where Reese Witherspoon shows up, at, or not mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, Renette Zelliger shows up in a bunny costume and is the only one in costume. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they like, I remember like reading an interview with, like, I believe it was Reese Witherspoon, where she like called, like, Renee Zelliger was like, oh my God, we have like the same scene. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, like neither of them knew it. But, <laughs> but like where she shows up and like, oh, I like your costume too, Vivian, except when I dress as a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. Like, yeah. it's such a great line, but it's like, she's she's provoked. And it's not just yeah. like a, it's not just like, she's not, she's never the bitch. And like, no. the, oh, is this low viscosity rayon with a half loop top stitching on hem? You can't do mm-hmm. top, like, you know, so if you tried to sell, yeah. selling me this for full price, you picked the wrong girl. Like, it, she doesn't even, like, she's not mean about it. I will say where I don't, where my problems with this script were, and this is where you were surprised. Like I have like, because I said like, I was like, I love this movie. I think it's like one of my favorites. And watching it this time, I was like, oh, I have problems with the script. I do think it's ahead of its time in that character. However, I think that, I mean, it's very of its time in a lot of the other tropes, like the gay jokes, very of its time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember laughing at those which is early 2002 yeah well yeah or like the there's a lot of jokes about body image and like i mean you Mm -hmm. know brooke windham is like you know her the whole the case is that she like she can't give the alibi because she was getting liposuction she was getting liposuction yeah end of the world and that is so of its time of early 2000s like very 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 much so and it's like okay i can see where this movie is dated the the jokes some of the jokes are very dated and and stuck in its time and there's, as you said, like that character is, is pretty like not expected. Like, th- like that's right. the point of that character is that character is not expected. And this came out like pretty close to mis- miscongeniality. And I really liked that. Like, like I remember comparing these characters a lot. Like mm-hmm. where my problem with the script was, was how fast it is. Like it's a 96 yeah. minute it movie. Moves. And it's like, okay, it's good that it moves fast, but I think there are so many, whereas my cousin Vinny, like the plot is so tight. There were Uh parts in this where I'm like, we're here already. Like, yeah, 
I, I like because I know the movie so well like I was like surprised that like we got to some of the parts quickly because it doesn't feel like there was enough lead up to like like how quickly Vivian and uh, Elle's relationship was resolved or like mm-hmm. how how quickly some things moved I think yeah and and I I agree um and watching I I usually it depends when there are movies that are pretty similar or like when we're doing like a theme type thing, I try to back-to-back them. Mm-hmm. And I did back-to-back these. And watching Legally Blonde first, and then I watched My Cousin Vinny right after, you see the struggle like Vinny goes through. Yeah. So much struggle. And then like the the trial itself is like a massive part of the movie. And I always thought the trial in this movie was... But it's really not. It's not. And she really gets... Uh, I mean, so the, the, there's this whole thing that happens where she quits because uh, the attorney... Victor Garber hits Who she's interning with makes a move on her and she quits. And so... But the defendant really, like, only trusts her, really likes her, even though she's a first-year law student. Yeah, the, and as so I said, they the legal, hire her back. Right. The, the legal practice in this movie isn't quite as airtight as uh, as my cousin yeah. Vinny. They hire her back. They fire the attorney, Callahan. the big shot attorney, and then they hire her as the lead defense attorney. And really, the very first time she gets up, she wins the case. Yeah, exactly. And so we see, we're, we are led to believe that she, I mean, it's made very clear to us through speaking, through lines and things, that this isn't easy for her and that she's had to work for it. But we don't actually see a lot of that. Well, we don't see her get thrown in jail four times. And this um, is where I would we argue. We don't see her, you know, like Vinny does. And like, that's kind of, I think, where it was a very stark watching them. Yeah close together it was really stark like wow Vinny is actually fucking this up yeah <laughs> Vinny um is going to have to pull something crazy out of his butt and he had to work for it too Elle kind of stumbles into it exactly because and she gets lucky that she's like that she knows hair care like she gets she gets lucky yeah. like that's the thing about it it's but, like he solves right. it by looking at the picture she gets lucky well and they and right, right when they get there, right when Vinny and Mona Lisa get to the town, they're out interviewing people. They're out taking pictures. Like yeah. he's, he tells her to take those pictures of the tire marks because he doesn't, he wants his own pictures. He's out there asking people what they had for breakfast. That's how he knows about the grits. Yeah. He's out there taking pictures of the trees so he can, because he knows, knows he's yeah. going to use that against that guy. Yeah, you know, and he's like all well, the dust. Well, I don't think he the knows window. it right when he gets like there. That. I think it's like a few after right. he gets thrown in contempt the first times, and she's like, "Dude, you're going to lose this case for them. Like, you need to, right?" You need... But it's so he's out there. He knows because he knows it's an illusion, right? He knows he's going to have to flip the card and show there's actually nothing uh-huh. here. It's thin. So, but she doesn't know that. She no, doesn't know that they do have a good case against. Against Brooke Windham. Right. Like, the yeah. case is and, good And she's Brooke refusing to use the only thing that could, you know, which also, like, I, I I, think that was, it was very, like, uh, what's the word? It was very sweet of her not to want to 
naive. out her new friend for life liposuction but that would never fly no. that would never no. fly like, not like the way that whole thing goes down no like she could have been subpoenaed yeah absolutely. by her own by the defense team to say on the stand and she would have um, perjured herself if she like right i mean I think, if she lied yeah i think that's the thing about like i think because i watched my cousin Vinny first like then watching legally blonde i was like this I think what struck me this time watching it is like how much of this script is Reese. I mean, how much of this movie works because of Reese Witherspoon. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't have Reese Witherspoon in that role, like, like as you said, the struggle that she goes through yeah. when in the court, it's because of her performance. It's not because of the lines. Like, I don't think the script right. is actually that good. I think the performances I don't are. Think it's- but right. I don't think the script is. And that's where I think, like, I... It's so funny because, like, to me, like, and this is getting in towards our best lines, like, one of the reasons I love this movie is because there's so many quotable lines. So I'm just going to give mm-hmm. you a rundown of my quotable line montage. Yeah, I, I don't think the script is is bad. I think it's very clever. I think, I think there was clever. a lot of cleverness. That was one of the things that really stuck out to me about this movie. It, it is very clever. But I think you're right. I think... We we sacrificed a bunch of we we sacrificed some depth and some pacing for clever quotable lines. Yeah, which but the movie has stuck around. So I mean, which, I mean clever, did did we you know I mean, clever quotable lines can help help you stick around it, in this kind of it really can because the amount of times I reference these lines normally like you mean like on vacay let's all go road trip. Use it all the time. <laughs> Whoever said orange is the new pink is seriously discur- disturbed. Use it all the time. Mm-hmm. What? Like it's hard? That one is great. I love the winter Ovester line, which is why I'm trying to. Yes, I winter wrote. I didn't write Ovester. the whole Ovester. Used it. I'm taking the dog. Dumbass. Which like Jennifer Coolidge shout out. That's all Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge shout out. I mean, love her. Yep. She's terrific. I mean, it's pink and it's scented. I think it gives it something a little extra. Don't you yes, think? I loved that whole exchange. The one I probably use most often is exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Don't kill their they just husbands. don't. <laughs> like there are just so many quotable lines. The the bend and snap works every time. I mean the bend and snap is iconic. Yeah. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. like that's oh, something yeah. you remember even if you've seen it once. I will have to say, mm-hmm. like, one of my one of the lines I think I like have remembered so much, and this is not a line that I should have but like you know in the scene where Elle first proves herself in Callahan's class when they're talking about the visitation rights for the sperm donor like yes that the line that she says why now why this sperm and for that matter all (laughs) masturbatory emissions where the sperm was clearly not seeking an egg could be termed reckless abandonment like yeah I think I've quoted that one too why (laughs) don't know but I have like just so many quotable moments, and I didn't even go through yeah. all the quotable lines in this movie. There are so many. Yeah. Oh, I just wrote down like so many funny things. Just very on point with like clever humor. Like I hired a, Co- a Coppola to direct my admissions video. <laughs> like, it's so good. That said, none of those were my best line. Um, no, my best line was towards the end, and it's actually two lines. I'm. I'm... Oh, okay. I cheated. Maybe we don't have the same one. It might be part of it then. I cheated. Okay. It's two lines from two different characters. Oh. Um, no, I just have one line from one character. Okay. Well, I feel like they go together because my okay. the first part is like a setup. The second part is actually my best line. Elle says, 
It just felt like for the first time that someone expected me to do something more with my life than to become a Victoria's Secret model. But I'm just kidding myself. Callahan never saw me as a lawyer. He saw me as a piece of ass, just like everyone else. I am a joke. So that's the setup. And then my best line... Wait. From Holland Taylor's character. And I really do if think If you're going to is- let one stupid prick ruin your life... You're not the girl I thought you were. Yep. That was my best. That's line. That, to me, that is like. Hands <laughs> Are we going to do this oh. like four for four this week? Maybe. Are we going to? I don't know. To me, that is my my worst line is kind of like. Bleh. My worst line is <laughs> so maybe not. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to do it for worst line, but like that okay. is the best line of the movie. Like hands down, yeah, it that is, is so the good. best line of the movie because that that is. Well, the and movie. they know it too because right in the middle oh. of that line, there is a massive dramatic pause. Where we pan to multiple people's faces. <laughs> so it was like the whole Holland Taylor character was just there to do this line. Yeah. Because this is the best line in the movie. They knew it. And they totally the gravitas that she brings to that mm-hmm. character with whatever like New England manufactured accent she has, which is oh, yes. just very Catherine Hepburn. Uh, I love Holland <laughs> Taylor. Love Holland Taylor. Yeah, it's just such a good line. And that is the movie. That is the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and a, a runner up, runner up best line I think is is right shortly after that, after she wins the case and the boyfriend comes crawling back and she says, "If I'm going to be a partner in a law firm by the time I'm 30, I'm going to need a boyfriend who's not a complete bonehead." Yeah. Like, thank you. I'm glad we brought the the come up in full circle. Yeah. It did we, really I stick- think for this type of movie we needed to see that she moved past him, that she earned, that she found this goal other than a man. Yeah. And that she succeeded and was able to then turn him down because he serves no purpose. Yeah. It did really stick out to life. me this time, like that she was, like how much of the movie she's pining after a man. Because I've always, I've always right. seen it as like such a feminist movie, and it is in a lot of ways, but she's still like, there's so much of it that hinges on a man or if you can't get a man there's any no hope for the rest of us like there's so much of it that right on that it's like annoying i think it's the it's the setup but and I think the time from when i saw it yeah the time i mean we needed a setup we needed something that she she wasn't the type of person who was just going to have this ambition out of nowhere no i i thought that that it was trans that it was like a transition so that she was almost like ignoring, not ignoring, but she was enjoying herself from the minute she got there. Mm-hmm. She was good. She knew she could Maybe be good at it. She knew she, she was doing there. well. Well, true. So that it's almost like this whole thing with uh, Werner and Vivian is a facade that she's having to constantly talk herself out of, yeah. but she's realizing it's slipping away. So while she's still going around acting like she's trying to get him back and trying to get rid of Vivian, she's already very much invested in this education and this career. So like, almost like she thinks she needs that extra reason, you know, like, because I guess, like her dad says, like, there's no, her dad thinks there's no reason for her to want to be a lawyer. He says law school is for people who are ugly and boring and serious and you are none of those things. And so I, so I feel like she almost feels like she needs an excuse to stay there. Yeah. Other than, hey, I might actually be pretty good at this. Good at this. Right. And like... And it isn't until she gets that validation from Callahan that she's willing to like 
give up on the whole Warner thing. And then that makes the Callahan, when he hits on her that much, he was like, oh, she's like, oh, I am just this. Yeah. And then that line from Holland Taylor, that like, you're not the girl mm-hmm. I thought you were. Um, I do love, you know, going back to the idea that like, she wasn't going to just go to law school on her own. The Victor Garber line, you think she just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to go to law school right. today. <laughs> yeah. Such a good line. And and I do appreciate the other the other trope that I think they kind of subverted a lot was that I do appreciate that they did not just immediately fling her into the Luke Wilson thing. Yes. I, That's what you'd expect. They very much play it like this is a thing, but then they don't focus on it at all. Okay. And I that is very unexpected. Yes. Still. Still. Yes. I mean, you know, so and then we get to see like we get told in in like, you know, text that at the end of the movie that they've been dating and he's going to propose and like, but that's great. It's just I'm happy a lie. for her, but like, this is not the focal them. point. No, we didn't have to watch her go from guy a to guy B while also trying to prioritize this career right. basically. And so getting to see her actually just prioritize ditching the boy and the past and focus on herself and what she needs to do in her education and her career was very refreshing. Yes. And we don't get enough of that. We don't. I will say, like, having studied for the LSAT, a score of 175 is what you need to get into Harvard. The fact mm-hmm. that she gets a 179, a 180 is a perfect score. So, oh, okay. Yeah. A 180 <laughs> is a perfect score. So, like, a 179, I... Mm. Like, a one a 175 is, like, a unreal God score. Level. Like, like that is a yeah. really high level score. A one a one eighty is perfect. So one seventy nine not going to happen. Right, and this would have been a perfect place for them to insert more of her struggle. Yes. Like also maybe she maybe she didn't get such a high score and had to get in with some other you know I mean, some other way. The like admissions her video is, what is a little silly. Got her but in, it but... got their attention. Right. Well, right? because she's in a bikini and it's all men. And I, the other thing that when when the guy she was in a Ricky Martin video, I love that did, part. Her extra, she likes music, um, but like okay, so that guy he says she did get a one seventy nine on her LSAT. Nobody calls it the LSAT. That bothered me so much. I was like, yeah. no, it's the LSAT. But I think my worst line actually wasn't a line at all, and it wasn't like really okay. in the script. So again, I'm cheating a little bit, but I hated the ad libs. Like, every single ad-lib from the background characters in this movie is so I don't even think I noticed them. Oh, my God. They're, because they're so bad. Like, <laughs> like the sorority girls are like, oh, my gosh, oh, oh, my gosh, oh. And, like, they're so loud, too. Oh, yeah, they yeah, become yeah, yeah, lines. Yeah. Like, there's one that's like, this ain't L.A., this ain't L.A., lady, when she shows up at Harvard. Or, like, when she, like, mm-hmm. turns the car and, like, goes to the nail salon, there's, like, somebody who's like, come on, lady. And it's just, like, the ad-libs are so And they just, right. Loud. And you know those weren't in there. They were added in. And it's, like, what? Also, yeah. the ADR a, is so noticeable in this movie. Like, when they are dubbing over, like, the car, when they're driving, mm-hmm. like, it's so noticeable. They've yeah. overdubbed that. That's such a, that's a thing that does not get done very much anymore. But yeah, you can go back to like a lot of, like we said, like a lot of 90s movies and this, you know, still, I, I feel like the 90s movie genre kind of goes until like 2003. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's a thing. And it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit like in the sound mixing. It doesn't fit in whatever's going on. It's just like... If you were to take like a Sunday, right, and it already has 
a cherry on top and then you're like, we need more cherries on this thing. And suddenly you have like a dozen cherries on just kind of oozing their maraschino guts out onto a Sunday. It's like, this is too much. Yeah. What so We didn't need it. What is it adding? Exactly. The ad libs <laughs> add nothing. They are just like, especially right. the sorority girls. It's just, I mean, I know it's like proving the point of like that they're supposed to be like whatever, but it's also just like, like it just feels mm-hmm. dumb and feels forced yeah. and I don't yeah. like it. And they're just loud. Like they just right. aren't necessary. So my worst yeah. line in Legally Blonde is the ad libs. On the whole basket of them. Mm-hmm. The whole basket. Mine is pretty, mine's pretty basic. When she goes to the, well, when is it? Now I forget when it is. Is it at the dinner or when he tell? okay. I When he, when Warner tells her you're not smart enough. Oh, that's. Is that at the proposal? No, it's. The so-and-so it's proposal when, um, when she shows up in. It's when she's. Austin. It's, oh, it's when he's, she's saying like, I can't imagine like doing this and, and Callahan's internship. And he goes, oh, you're not going to get that. You're, you're just not smart enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I glue? Yeah. Did, yeah. Did we get in, or did we get into well, the same law school? I'm sorry. Yeah. It just, yeah. Like, and the way he just very like, the way he just very matter of factly tells her you're not smart enough. It's like, she's here. (laughs) And did you not date this woman for two years or however long they were together? Like, it's very obvious she is an intelligent and clever person. Mm -hmm. And so just because she dresses and behaves a certain way, like if you were, if you had spent enough time with someone that they thought that you were going to propose to them, I think you would know that they're not stupid. Yeah. Like it's 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 very obvious that she's smart. Yeah. It's very obvious that she can do whatever she like sets her mind to. <laughs> she's clever. She's knowledgeable when on topics that she decides she wants to be knowledgeable on. Mm-hmm. And so that it was just it was first of all it's mean. Second of all, I didn't think that the line was all that creative. Like there could have been something else he could See, have said that would have, like, stuck with her a little more. I other argue, than just being like, you're not smart enough. It's like, well, you're not smart enough to come up with a better insult. Like, I would argue that it serves the character because that's, like, really what he believes about Because he is dumb. Well, yeah, I mean, he is dumb. And he just, like, He's not very smart. I mean, he got waitlisted. But, I mean, there are plenty, plenty of smart people who get waitlisted Well, and he definitely... School, <laughs> well, he, like, it's never said, but I'm supposed to believe that this person has had a spot paid for since they were born yeah exactly it's not like he wants to be there it's not like he's great at this it's that his family his very very rich old money family has told him you will go to harvard law school yeah exactly and you will run for office Uh uh-huh so this was paid for you know for him 20 years ago (laughs) i mean and i think like to me i think that line like serves the character because like it is gonna be like, I mean, it's it's a shitty thing to say to somebody. You're just not smart enough. But, like, that's really, truly, like, he just doesn't think she's smart because that's all he... he it goes right. back to that line that she says later. Like, I, maybe I am Well, she says, joke. like, right after... She says, like, just a little bit after that, like, I'm never going to be good enough, enough for you, you am I? Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, no matter what you do, this is how he sees you. Yeah. And he's not... Uh, he's, he's not smart enough to... To see how smart you are. Get his... To get his head out of his own ass and, like... I'm going to need a boyfriend know who's not the a people that are around head. him. Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyway, I... But I just thought out of out of all of it, it wasn't that it was like, 
out of place or anything. I just thought, you know, yeah, it was a little plain for the fact that there is a lot like because the rest of the script is so clever and there are so many really like detailed lines like when she goes after somebody like what we've said when she is trying to be like snarky or sassy or put someone down a little bit it's so clever and it's so it's so unique Mm -hmm. and like not that I expected him to be clever or witty or anything like that but like I did kind of expect that the script was a little more detailed yeah so it was kind of bland and it was mean and it just it's not right. Yeah. Obviously, she is smart. Yeah. Yes, he doesn't see her that way, but also he should, you know, because he's been with her for a long time. So I don't know. It just didn't land with me for all kinds of reasons. That's totally fair. I did enjoy watching it again. Like, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. And it's just. Oh, it was. It's just I'm fun. glad. I'm glad we chose it. There were some other. There were some other suggestions. What were some other suggestions? Um, Liar, liar, which I've seen a lot, and I think I'm just I'm over it. Over the the Jim Carrey, yeah, me too. Nineties, like I know that that one I would I would have like I would rip to shreds about it. I would rip to shreds. Yes, Any, like I was thinking yeah. like how much I used to love Ace Ventura. And I'm like, oh, I cannot stand See, that. See, I movie never. Now. I mean, I think I was. Like, I never got into those. I think I was like ten when I liked Ace Ventura, and like now I'm like, oh, that's a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were, but I know that Liar Liar was one of them, and I, you know, I I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm just glad that this that this is the one we chose and that I am glad that I re, that I watched it, rewatched it, but kind of watched it for the first time. Yay. And I'm glad I watched my cousin. It was Vinny. a yeah, it was a, it was a good, good, week. good week for us. Good week. Um, speaking of weeks, what are we doing next? Are we Chris Pining it next? I think we're Chris Pining it. OK, so the next on the docket is All the Old Knives, which is the new Chris Pine movie on out on Amazon Prime, and we get a Reese Witherspoon double feature because we are also mm-hmm. doing This Means War with Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon, and um, Tom Hardy. Tom I almost Hardy. said Tom Holland. That is not correct. Um, Tom Hardy. <laughs> that would have been awkward. It would have been really awkward. Because <laughs> he would have been like 14. <laughs> um, but very excited. So we have two spy movies with Chris Pine. Have you seen This Means War? Ages ago. So this is going to be kind of like... Okay, same. Okay. Same. I watched it one time, I think, right when it came to Netflix think, years ago or whatever. I think so. that's my experience with it, too. So that's what we have. As always, Jess, do you want to tell the people where we can they can check in with us? Yeah. Uh, for updates and fun discussions and lots of memes, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. And the podcast... At Best Line, Worst Line. Yes, at Best Line, Worst Line. Um, the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Uh, and if you want to download the episode directly from us, you can just go to www.bestlineworstline.com and check out our episodes page. And uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you so much. And we hope you had fun. We had fun. We did have fun. Lots of fun. <laughs>